I had the privilege of going to Monterey this year, as I have, Mel and I have done over the years. And as I mentioned, we thought that we would go a different place each year, but we found a nice little place right down on, a place on Fremont Street right there in Monterey by Sand City, and we have just kind of fallen in love with that place. Now, the Denny's that is right next door that had been 24 hours because of COVID, they closed at 10 p.m., but we found another Denny's about a mile away that's 24 hours, and so I would go there. I went there a couple of times to get my groovy mango smoothie, and I went right to the other Denny's to get my breakfast and bring it back to the house. So if anybody wants to know where a couple of Denny's are in Monterey, please be sure to see me. I can tell you about there. There's also a place called Sir Burger. So if you want a good burger, I can tell you where to go downtown as well. So if you're making a trip, be sure to, to visit, <laughs> visit those places. And so just to let you know. Would you bow your head with me, please? We are grateful today. Again, Lord, to you for the devotion, for the song service, for the privilege of being able to honor you in this place. And as we open the word of God in this new year, as we continue with our study in Timothy, we pray today that our lives not only will be challenged, but that our lives will be changed. We do love you. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. What I'm going to do is give you the title of the message after I do the reading. We're going to read 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse, verses 21 through 24. I'll be reading out of the ESV. You can follow along with me, Sister Bridget. Did you get um, Shirley yet on the phone? Okay. I just want to give her just a moment. This is how it reads in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. Get that now. A little wine for your ailments. I'm just going to pause there for a second. The sins of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment. But the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous. And even those that are not cannot remain hidden. As a title for this message, I have given the high court and rulership that you stand before. The high court and rulership that you stand before. When Timothy was recommended to Paul in the book of Acts chapter 16 by those who knew him, Did Timothy have second thoughts about joining Paul when he was charged to take care of very difficult matters when Paul told him to stay in Ephesus? I wonder, did he begin to have second thoughts? There are times when we second-guess decisions that we have made, and we often say, if I knew what lay ahead, I would never have chosen this. In God's providence, he elects to leave certain problems that we are to face unknown 
at the beginning or at a walk or on a walk of our lives, he at times just refuses to tell us all the things that we're going to face. Because he knows that if we knew everything that would happen, we would not move forward. We would say, I am not prepared for that. So what God does in his own providence, he just elects to leave certain things unknown. And so we find ourselves in the depths and in the midst at times of problems, and we then just simply now have to go through. Paul here reminds Timothy that all that he has been telling him to carry out and to carry out with resolve, his audience is none other than God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the elect angels. He is standing in the court of God, and Paul tells him, this is your audience. I think we sometimes forget who our audience is. Timothy stands in the presence of the high court of heaven, and no longer is he only a helper, but he is the very one that stands to answer for the charge that he has been given by Paul, that you are to stay in Ephesus and correct problems. I can imagine that Timothy, who has had to be encouraged, now is reminded that he stands before the highest court. Point number one, heaven's eyes are on you. Heaven's eyes are on you. There is a statement that Paul makes in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels. We rarely hear of that statement of the elect angels. What is the statement and what does that mean? Well, it would mean those angels which are not the fallen angels, those angels that did not disobey God, that kept their rightful place. You'll find in the book of Matthew a reference to angels and that then in Revelation chapter 14, I believe, where there's a mention in regards to angels. We have to recognize that God has placed angels to help us and to guard us, and they are the ones that carry out the message of God. They are the messengers. The word angels really means messenger. They don't do their own thing. They are there to carry out the message of God and to carry out his plan. And so Paul tells Timothy that you are standing in the presence of God the Father, the Lord and of the angels. Oftentimes we would hear the phrase also of the Holy Spirit, but here he mentions the angel. Now, do not admit a charge against an elder. We read that in chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. When Paul picks up at verse 21, the belief is that Paul is referring back to the verse, or verses, 19 and 20, and some would even say verse 17. When he says, do not admit a charge, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. Now, why is Paul needing to remind Timothy and to help him to understand that what he has been told, he has to carry out. It is because Timothy was very timid. And so Timothy not only needed encouragement, 
He now needs to understand that he is no longer simply in training. He is in fact standing in the courtroom of God, standing before him to give an answer not only as a person who was following Paul, but now a person who has been left in charge. The charge that he left with Timothy to rebuke those who persist in sin was given to Timothy for those specifically who were put into leadership position. Now, I want to tell you this. When we were growing up, if there was a sin that a person committed in the church, it was not uncommon for that church to have that member to stand before the congregation and to confess the sin that they had committed. Oftentimes, not only was it embarrassing for the individual, but it was a way of saying that this person has sinned and they are repenting of their sin. Now, the church oftentimes did this in belief that they were following scripture. But as I looked at this more carefully, the charge was actually given to those that were in leadership that persisted in sin and refused to be corrected or to repent. That was a eye-opener for me. My uncle in D.C. had his daughter to stand before and give an apology. She had gotten pregnant when she was young. And the idea was to have the repentance in such a way because of a public sin. But the idea here was the fact that it was thought that because of sin. But Paul makes it very clear there is a persistence in sin, And Paul said that this is to be done in order that the others of the congregation, as well as the elders and leaders, would take note and not continue down that course. There was a persistence. I can understand why Timothy would be very timid and very concerned. Not only was it believed that he was in his 30s and very young, he was going up against people and having to deal with situations where people had not, had not only been very influential, they had been influential when changing the lives and hearts of those who were in the church, but they were also well-respected and they had some clout and Timothy had to come against them. I think that sometimes we forget that when we sin and we do wrong, we actually are standing in the very courtroom of God. There are times when we would do wrong and we try to hide from a person, but we rarely stop to think that God sees all things. And what God wants us to do and to realize is that when we do wrong, he just wants us to turn it around and do that which is right. Because God is a gracious God, a loving God, a forgiving God. I think that if we were to remember that it really doesn't always make a difference what people think, even though it does. The ultimate one that you need to be concerned about is what does God think? Hmm. This would be a very good reminder for Timothy to know and to understand that he is standing before God, the Lord, and the elect angels. And he has a charge. Paul says, I charge you. That is a command that Paul gives him. When you are given a command, it is what we call an imperative. An imperative is a command to act, to do something. When your parents gave you or whoever you may have, may have raised you, 
and they told you to go clean your room, it was not a suggestion. It was a command. Go clean your room. Now, like me, what I used to do, I would go to my room and throw stuff under the bed or in the closet. Why? Because I wanted to go back outside and play. Is your room clean? Yes, it is. And lo and behold, they come up and look under the bed at times. Get back in here and clean up that room. (laughs) When a command is given, it is not a suggestion. It is a direct imperative that one is to act and to move with confidence and to do that which you are not really allowed any wiggle room or sway to do something else. You have been given a command and here is your charge. So Paul gives him a charge. This command to act and to remember, not only does he stand before the court of God, he also has the backing of God. I think one of the things that we need to recognize is that when we stand before God, not only does he see, but when we do that which is right, we also have the backing of God. That's what you really need. Some, Some people are too concerned about the opinions of people. They will oftentimes do wrong because they don't want to be left out. But when you do right, you have the backing of heaven itself. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy, not only do you stand before God and do you have to make correction, you also need to know that when you are standing before God, and I've given you this command, you have also the backing of heaven itself. To carry out this and you will be successful. It may not always look like it, but you will be successful. Paul says that you are not to prejudge in your role. He says, I charge you in 21 to keep these rules without prejudging. (laughs) Evidence today for some people does not make a bit of difference. Do you recognize that some people don't care about evidence? They, they, they can care less what the evidence shows. They're seen on, ta- excuse me, on tape and they'll tell you that that is not them. They don't have a mask on. Their face is clearly seen and they'll tell you it's not me. They'll tell you that that's not their fingerprint. Evidence doesn't make a difference. To some people. But Paul tells Timothy, you are not to prejudge, Timothy, just because you may like somebody. You see, some people get off scot-free just because they're liked. And they're guilty as all, well, let me just leave it there. They're just guilty. The standard that Timothy is told to apply would be the same rule to elders as he would, as I told you a couple of weeks ago, that he was to apply to others. Timothy, don't use a different standard when it comes to elders and the testimony. He says, first of all, if you remember, don't entertain an accusation against an elder unless there are two or three witnesses. The standard has to be the same in the sense in regards to the evidence. If there's a charge, make sure that it can be backed up. 
I was just watching Judge Judy last night, pre-taped. You know, some series my wife tastes. And when, I, when I'm doing my exercise, I'll just turn on Judge Judy. But I've come to really enjoy watching her and, and some of the stories that people come up with. I was watching an episode last night, and this one lady had borrowed some money from a relative or was given money because she was in dire straits had run into some difficulties. So she was not only given money one time, but twice. Well, the relative came and said, well, I need the money back because I have some obligations. Well, this person that she gave the money to didn't want to give it back. And she went to court. Just why didn't you give her the money back? Well, she doesn't need it. <laughs> she gave me the money. It's, it's, it was a gift. And so... But she needs it now. It's something that you didn't have. It's something she worked for. Isn't it something where a person thinks that they can spend your money and theirs too? But if something is a gift, wonderful. But please, don't go to court when somebody's giving you something and you say you don't owe it back to them. Paul says, Timothy, don't prejudge. Look at the evidence and be sure to make a proper judgment based on the evidence. In verse 22, some of the leaders were the very ones that Timothy, as I mentioned, had to correct. Paul's words would be a warning that Timothy should pay close attention to what the teachings were of these individuals. And as I mentioned before, that there needs to be a vetting of individuals who are to be moved into certain positions. Don't be hasty is what he tells him. First he told him, don't prejudge. Then he told him, don't be hasty. I think we oftentimes know what it is like when we move too quickly and we have not properly vetted someone. When you vet someone is that you do some background work to determine that if what you see is actually how the person is. We have our own quirks and problems that we sometimes come and we we face and we we run into, we have things that we actually have to address. But, but there has to be a vetting that takes place. And Paul tells Timothy, in your role as you stand before the court of God, there has to be a vetting. So don't be too hasty to lay hands or to put certain ones in position. And Timothy, following what Paul has already given, it would be a good model to help ensure that problems would be greatly minimized. One of the reasons that you want to vet people is that the problems that may come up are minimized. It does not mean that there will be no problems, but there would be a limitation of some of the damage. So what's happening? One of the things that was taking place, as Paul had to correct some of the, uh, had told Timothy to correct some of the problems that the leaders were teaching, Paul says that as you vet these individuals, don't be too hasty to put certain ones into position. Number one, you've got to remove some people out of their positions. And number two, those that are going to be put into position, make sure that you vet correctly and that you take your time. Sometimes people want to be hired just because they know somebody else. I was recommended. Paul says, vet them and don't simply take the word of the individual. For this position as elders. Why? Because they're going to be put in an influential position and they're going to influence people. 
Whenever you have a person that's going to be in a position of influence and they can influence a person for the wrong thing, one has to be very, very careful. So Paul tells Timothy, you must be very careful. The role is serious. He says, don't take part in the sin of some by acting too quickly. One of the problems that, that could happen at times is that if a person is put into a role, Timothy, you could be guilty of participating in their sin because of what you've done. You put them in a role. And not only are they doing that which is wrong, you're going to be held also responsible because it was your calling and your choice that put them there. And so Paul is giving great caution to Timothy because he is standing before the presence of God. And not only is he standing before the presence of God, he's responsible for the life of those that are being influenced. Have you ever considered the role that you play in a person's life? Have you really thought about what position and role you have and in what influence you have do you use your role in a positive way or do you use your role in a negative way do you help and encourage people to do that which is right or do you encourage people to do that which is wrong one of the things that paul tells timothy is don't be too hasty in the laying on of hands now, I'm not going to get too, too far into the details here, but one of the, some of the commentators and some of the theologians, when it talks about the laying of hands, not to be too hasty and laying on of hands. When we were growing up, one of the beliefs, one had to be very careful when praying for someone that they didn't necessarily reach out and touch them because of concern of not knowing where that person had come from. And there was just sometimes concern about what spirit that person may actually have. And so there was a caution some believed in regards to maybe this verse of laying on of hands. Now, some believe, commentators, that when Paul talks about the laying on of hands, he is referencing those individuals who are being restored back to a position of leadership. Now, it is believed that the context of what Timothy is here in 1 Timothy 5 that we've read, it's not in the context suggested, but some commentators and theologians believe that possibly the reference is to restoration as compared to simply putting a person into place. I'm more inclined to believe that it's not talking about restoration or restoring a person that may have sinned, but it's more so talking about a person who is simply to be placed in leadership and where one has to be careful. The laying on of hands was something that is often looked at as confirming or giving a blessing. Do you remember when Paul and Barnabas in the book of Acts were going to be going on the first on the missionary journey? And the Holy Spirit told the leaders that they were to place their hands on them and they were to pray for them. And they placed their hands on them as a way of launching them into their ministry. The often, the often laying on of hands is a way of conferring blessings. And you will also note that Paul himself and others had laid their hands on Timothy that we're going to get to. It was a way of showing that this person had been called by God and it is being recognized by the body in order to have them be launched into their ministry. So as a person is being launched, Paul says, be careful that you don't confirm a person that you don't know well. So be very careful of laying your hands on a person and launching them or praying for them in the ministry and they may not be ready. All right, I'm going to be through in just a few moments for today. Let me move to this next point and 
may have to come back. I didn't think I even gave you my first point, which was Paul said that you are not to prejudge in your role. You're not to prejudge in your role. That would be number one. The second thing I just want to say as I bring this part to a close, take care of your body. Take care of your body. In 1 Timothy 5.23, it is possible that Timothy, because of what's called asceticism, a denying of the body, that Timothy had not taken proper care of his body, so that Paul had to tell Timothy, Timothy, you need to take a little wine for your stomach problems and your frequent ailments. When Paul says at the end of verse 22, I believe it is, that you are to be pure, he then follows up with, it is believed, what's called a parenthetical statement in verse 23. You know, when you put something in brackets in a sentence, basically means here is a, some information, but it should not interrupt the sentence. In other words, you have to have a complete thought before and after. So that bracket or those, that parenthesis. So in verse number 23, and I'll just read it, it says, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. It is believed that what Timothy was struggling with is what's dealing with asceticism. Now remember, some of the leaders had already been saying, saying that certain things are off limits, certain foods are off limits. Certain beverages are off limits. And it is possible that Timothy had taken this into account. And Paul has to tell him, Timothy, we have already dealt with the fact that God made everything, all foods. And this matter of the alcohol, it it was to be used for medicinal purposes. But because of where Timothy possibly was, he was not willing to drink anything but maybe water, which at that time there were difficulties and problems. And Paul says, Timothy, because of your frequent ailments, I want you to drink a little wine because of your problem with your stomach and other ailments you're having. And what some people have now done is they've taken this verse and said, the Bible says it's fine to drink wine. And I mean, it's made, some people have it with, their, with, their, with their dinners and stuff, but it is not the indication that it is a, oh, the Bible says wine is good and I should have as much as I want. The context is, Timothy... Because of your stomach problems, drink a little wine to help yourself. Why? Because Timothy was more than likely unwilling to do it. And so Paul had to help him to know that Timothy used this. Another thing that we might just say is take a little tonic water or take a little something to help yourself. Now, some people just go a little bit too far. Now, everybody can't drink wine. You got real quiet on me. Why? Because some people have difficulties with it. I've never drank. I just don't, I just, I tried it once when I was young, didn't like it, never done, didn't try it anymore. Just don't like it, didn't like it. But it is known that it was used for medicinal purposes. And so it is interesting that Paul is standing here, and Paul is not simply talking about the grapes from the vine, because anything that was even called grapes was called wine, whether it was fermented or not. Paul is actually talking about the fermentation because of the help it would, it would give Timothy. Last point I'll make for the day and I'll close. In concluding in verses 24 and 25, I'm going to read this and give me three minutes and we'll be done. 24 and 25 says, The sins of some people are conspicuous going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. What Paul does, he gives two points to consider for sin and two points to consider for good behavior. 
Some sins are obvious that they can clearly be seen in a person's behavior just simply by looking and saying, oh, my goodness, that is clearly sin. But there are some things that people can keep hidden for a good amount of time and you don't know about it until much later because they persist in it. Paul says that there are some things that are clearly seen, but there are some things that does not come out until later. He even says the same thing happens with good behavior. There's some good behavior that's very obvious up front, but there are some good behavior that you may not notice until later. What is Paul saying? Paul is telling Timothy that when people are put into position, just because you don't see negative behavior, it does not mean that they are the right ones for that position. Because there may be problems that you don't know that's going to come out. The same thing applies to those in regards to good behavior. Just because you don't see good behavior or something positive does not mean that that person should not be put in position because later it is evident. So Paul is cautioning Timothy that simply saying that I see these negative behaviors, they should not be put there. Some things are obvious, but at the same time, some things may begin to come up later, good and bad. So his caution is, be careful, because some things may not be revealed until later on. Good behavior as well. And the warnings to Timothy is very, very positive and very, very good. Why? Because it is the very thing that Timothy as a leader would need as he stands before the courtroom and stands before the Almighty God in regards to his role and what he is to do. The high court, the high court and the rulership that he stands before. And if I was to leave anything with you today, I would just say this. That you have a command today, and when I told you a command, that is an imperative to act and to do that which is right, regardless of what people say. Let me tell you this as I conclude. If a person wants to influence you to do that which is wrong, then you may not need to be around that person. Choose your friends wisely. Those that are in leadership have been given a great responsibility. And one of the things that it is good for the pastoral letters, as Paul lays out, is that it is something that we can understand and hold to, that we have a mandate to do that which is right, to pray for people, but to also recognize that we stand before the very courtroom of God Almighty himself. And it's the fact that if we do that which is right, we have the backing of heaven. And so one of the things for Timothy to know is that, Timothy, not only do you stand before God's court in the presence of Jesus and the elect angels, you have the backing of heaven itself. May God bless you. May the Lord bless you. Our Heavenly Father, we are praying today for, your, for people. We continue to lift up those that are hurting for the loss of loved ones, those who have recently experienced the loss of loved ones, we pray for, those who have lost parents and those who have lost children, family members, cousins, sisters, brothers have been lost. We pray for them. We pray for strength. We pray that in 2021 that there will be a determination and to keep in mind that we stand before the Almighty God. We stand in the presence of the King. We stand in the, in the very courthouse, in the high calling of God's court. We pray today that we will remember, know, and understand that when we do that which is right, we have the backing of heaven itself. We have the support of the King of glory. That we need to, Lord, be sure to consider the evidence. 
We do honor you and we bless your name. Pray that as we prepare to leave this place today that you will keep us safe. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.